Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Yes, Lord, you're worthy. Now, I've told you for a while that we're winning. Amen? It may appear to be the other way at times, and that's deception. He's the glory, and he's the lifter of our head. Oh, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. That's Psalm 3, 1 through 4. Roe v. Wade is overturned. Amen. Amen. Give God praise. Give God praise. Praise you, Lord, today. Praise you, Lord, today. Praise you, Lord, today. Praise you, Lord, today. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. It's a big deal. (laughs) It's going to save hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lives per year in America. They said in Texas, when they passed their heartbeat bill and basically outlawed all abortions, Basically, they said all of the globalists left. And again, people think this is politics. Let me tell you something. By globalists left, I mean the Antichrist spirit. That's what I mean. There is no delineation between the two left, right? Listen, globalist leftism is the Antichrist spirit. The ones who want to mark you, distance you, and control you. That's right out of the book of Revelation. This is not politics, and the church needs to be talking about it every day. Every day. Now, they said, the globalist left said that when they basically outlawed abortion in Texas, that all of these women would die. Zero deaths, except, here's the thing, they saved over 16,000 lives so far. So far. There's lots of pastors and preachers who won't talk about abortion because they say it's politics. When... When God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, all of them were written. The days fashioned for me when as of yet there were none of them. Psalm 139, 16, Jeremiah 1, 5. That's politics? That's politics. Saving human lives is politics to you? You're a coward is what you are. You're afraid the Democrats will get up and leave your church. Listen, you want to leave, leave. I'm talking about whatever I want. In Jesus' name. It's the way that it is. It's a huge win. It sends abortion back to the states. It's not good enough, but it's a start. It's, I mean, it should be relatively simplistic for, for people to understand that there needs to be a federal law that you cannot kill people. I mean, murder is outlawed in every state. Murder is actually outlawed in the United States, so... Yanking a baby piece by bloody piece out of its mother's womb 
delivering a baby breech with its little legs kicking and inserting scissors in the back of its skull and sucking out its brains and selling its eyeballs and liver on the open market should be outlawed, I think. And I don't think that's politics. And if you don't have the fortitude to preach it, you're a coward. Simple as that, you're a coward. Should be preaching it all the time. There shouldn't be a pastor hesitating right now to celebrate the very fact that the unborn by the hundreds of thousands have been saved. And if there's anything that I could get across to people, it's this. This is all part of one spirit. You need to understand that people who want to slaughter the unborn are the same people who want to grab guns. They're the same people who say that climate change is going to kill you. They're the same people that want to defund the police. They're the exact same people. Every last one of the transgender activist is the mask wearer, is the vaccine pimp. They're all the exact same spirit came out in Canada this week. Over the last month, which would be May, nine out of every 10 of their COVID deaths were fully vaccinated. That's absolute fact. They are not denying it. The globalist, leftist, tyrant, demonic person, Justin Trudeau is not denying it. Again, see, if they can't abort you in the womb, they'll abort you outside the womb because the devil is a murderer from the beginning. John chapter eight, verse 44. It's all the same spirit. And basically, one of the journals of medicine coming out of Great Britain, they've discovered the same thing. The stats are coming out. These people will be humiliated and we need to pray that they are because they're liars. And it's time for many inside the church to say, whoops, I was wrong. Try it. I just added a fourth word to the three words that every mass caver, COVID caver, church lockdown artist, all of them need to say, whoops, I was wrong. Get it out there and say it in front of everybody because you were. It's all the exact same spirit. You can't be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm against the um, transgender movement. Hey, uh, honey, uh, where's my mask? You can't. They're the exact same thing. If you don't believe that, it's simply because you're deceived. If you don't, if you don't see what they've tried to pull off with COVID-19, you're a deceived Christian. I say that to anybody watching and anybody in the room. You know why you're deceived? Because you're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You don't read your Bible. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The Spirit of God speaks only that which he's heard. If you're led by the Spirit of God, he would have told you the Word of God. He would have spoke to you the Word of God. You would have known. Now, if you didn't know and you blew it, simply say it. I blew it. I was wrong. I've had to do that thousands of times in my life. Why would you not? Why, why would somebody not? Because they're full of pride. They don't want people to think less of them. We already do. I already think you're a clown. It can't get any worse. Don't put more makeup on. Add a few tears, whatever. Don't, don't do it. 
But you have to see it. Have to see, it's not politics. If, if the book of Revelation 13 and 14 is about controlling humanity, and that's what the World Economic Forum and the globalist left is trying to do, then you, that's not politics. I'm not up here talking about tax rates. Don't really care. I do care about somebody who wants to put a mark on my right hand or on my forehead so they can control all my movements and profit off of it and gain their own personal power off of it. I do care about that for me and for you. We don't need another series on accommodation, tolerance, and love. It's all this, listen, you've got to understand, BLM and Antifa are the same as the vaccine pimps. Exactly the same spirit. Those who are flying off the Davos in their private jets, 400 of them were parked at Davos in their private jets as they go and they meet about how to stop climate change. Climate change lockdowns have already begun in France. Absolute fact. Suddenly, in 2022, nobody can decide for themselves whether or not to go inside or not. Why is that, why, why is that the way it is? Why, why, how has that occurred? Because they tested it. Will people listen to galactic stupidity as long as it's the mob telling them it? See, what happens is, is people are afraid to stand in the truth because they're afraid of the consequences of it. So they go ahead and they abide in lies. I know some of you have been hearing that for the last six weeks. I don't know when it's gonna stop. That's what happened to the church. Whether it was inside the church or the church in its reflection out to the community. Inside the church, people were afraid to stand because they, what is everybody else gonna think? Because everyone's already bought into the narrative. Doesn't matter what the narrative is. Narrow is the way and few find it. You need to understand that most people are going to take the mark. The love of most will grow cold. Most people are flat out wrong. Most does not mean right. Most usually, if not all the time, means wrong. It doesn't matter what's happening inside the church. I watched this church empty out with me as the pastor. It's not like we weren't telling the truth. It's not like we weren't abiding in the spirit and they all left anyway. Because they were afraid of standing in the consequences of the truth. Maybe they were scared of the virus. That doesn't trump the truth. Most people weren't scared of the virus. They were scared of people's reaction to how they were reacting to the virus. But maybe you were, maybe you were afraid of the virus. Does that give you license to act outside of the word of God? He doesn't say strap masks on, take vaccines, and lock yourself in your home. He, goes, he says, go lay hands on the sick. How is it that churches with healing rooms were closing their churches for COVID-19? Yeah. Yeah. They would probably organize trips to go over to Africa and pray over people with leprosy, but won't pray over people with a 99.9% .9 survival virus? See how it's a narrative with no logic? Uh, this is a, uh, you know, we're putting in a vaccine mandate to uh, 
to try to prevent transmission of the virus. Uh, the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission, and we're still leaving the mandate in place. It's a narrative based on absolute stupidity, and it requires stupidity to work. Tom, you're saying most people in the world are stupid? Yep. Yep. Certainly has been what I've seen, and I'm talking about inside the church too. You're gonna suddenly, for the first time in history, you're gonna block a respiratory virus with a mask? You're gonna quarantine the healthy? And see, it's never, it never ends. They give you vaccines, which gives you antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome, so you have no ability to fight off the, the virus. So it just keeps COVID coming over and over and over again because people can't fight it off. So now they get to sell more vaccines and control your life. Here comes another wave. Well, of course, you've ruined their immune system. It's a self-perpetuating scam. And you must stand. Unequivocally. You can't, you, you don't give an inch. Ever. What, what, if, what if the five Supreme Court justices, what if they decided to not stand in the truth because they were scared of the consequences of it? Multiple threats against their lives. And I, listen, have not been a big fan of some of them. Believe me, if you watch the podcast. You've seen it. My ire has been evident with some of their decisions. But right now, they're busting it out. So you know what? When people do good, you need to tell them. Not just focus on the negative. When they do good, you need to tell them. This is huge. It's absolutely huge. If you've got an abortion in this place and you've asked Jesus to forgive you, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed your transgressions from you. You let it go. You won't hear me use Chinese proverbs very often, but here's a good one. Let go or get dragged. Let it go. See, I was never one of those cops that I'm on some traffic stop and somebody tries to drive away and I hold on to their car. No. Have a good night. <clears throat> Catch you next time. I have your tag. I know where you live and I know who was driving. There'll be a warrant issue for your arrest in about 12 minutes. I'm not going to hold on to your car. On the windshield, pull it over, pull it now. Amen. Amen. So I told you, listen, we're winning. Every effort, every effort will be to try to deceive you into telling you that you're the minority when you're the majority. Every effort will be put forth to try to deceive you into thinking that you're losing when you're winning. We are winning. Pro-life candidates are winning all over the place, defeating, there's a woman that just got, got elected down the Rio Grande Valley. Hasn't, there hasn't been a pro-life candidate in there since 1870. We're winning. Do you know why we're winning? Because of you. Seriously, because you stand. They're scared of us, and they should be. 
When you walk into a room, you should carry the power of God. I'm gonna start preaching now. I haven't preached yet. None of that was preaching, that doesn't count. It's 11 o'clock, none of what I said counts. Now we're gonna start the message. When you walk into a room, people should be nervous. Not because you're a weirdo. Don't, want, don't start dressing it with robes. You shouldn't need to try. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16. When you walk into the room, you should be carrying the goads of the Holy Ghost. The pricks of the Holy Ghost. You should be carrying that with you. If you're not, it's because you haven't got to the next level yet and that's what we're preaching about today. When you walk in the room, people start to get nervous because of the power of God, not your weirdness. See, it's a shame that I have to preach that. But I do because I meet them at the door. Oh, I so much agree, Tom. Everybody hates me in my life. That's because you're a weirdo. You're a freak. You have, to, you have to preach balance because there's so many Christians who think that the reason why they are cast off from people is because of the gospel of Jesus, and the reason why they're cast off from people is they're a freak. Sometimes a butterfly flying across your face is just a butterfly. Oh, there was something, something flew across my face, and I just, I knew that it was an angel. No, it's a bug, moron. In Florida, you're going to see lots of snakes. It's just a snake. Why would the devil come attacking somebody who doesn't give sight to the blind? Who doesn't, who doesn't raise the dead? Who doesn't even bring anybody to church? Who doesn't even tithe? Which, by the way, is always a commonality, too, with the weirdos. They never tithe. They want all my time, want to meet with me to discuss Scripture. Don't give, a, don't give an ounce of their time, their talent, or their energy to anybody but themselves. So you have to preach. Whenever you preach about spiritual warfare, you have to do the same thing. You have to balance it for weirdness. Because not everything's a spiritual battle. You have gas because you ate 14 Snickers bars. It's not the devil. <laughs> oh, the devil. No, no. Snickers. Oh, Snickers. That's what you should say. Believe me, I know. <laughs> True. And because people stay in that Bush League mentality their entire life, they do nothing. Don't let it see how quiet it got. Good, I hope you're convicted. Because you carry the power of God. God has gifts and callings on you that are irrevocable, no matter how much you've messed up your life. Nobody in this room has messed up their life more than me. Seriously. I got saved when I was 18 years, of, 18 years old, and I basically didn't do anything with my Christianity for the next 30 or 40 years except concentrate on myself. Listen, I wasn't going to hell. I wasn't carousing. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't living in sin. I just was doing nothing. 
But Tom, you were pastoring the church part of that time. Yeah, I know. It took drastic change for this church to turn around. You're like, what do you, what do you mean? You, we were big, most churches in America are less than 50 people. We were 200 people. We're four times that size. And Tom, you're saying that we were accomplishing nothing. That's what I'm saying. All we were doing was circulating people. Not good enough. I want the power of God. I want the presence of God. I'm not interested in anything else. You know, Tom, you seem to be interested in politics, not politics. If I'm interested in the Holy Ghost, then I need to be interested in what the Antichrist, the anti-Holy Ghost is doing. And that ought to be preached. Otherwise, your people, pastor, are vulnerable. You've made them such. All those that I, that I am constantly attacking with, you never admitted that you were wrong. It's because now your church doesn't know what's right and what's wrong because you never told them. You've never told them. Well, yeah, you know, we, we, I know, we, we closed for six months, I know. And then we had our COVID clump services and trumpet players with masks on with, their, with a hole cut in them. Talk about just blind collaboration. Yavo, you commandant. Hogan's Heroes, 1970s. Just so everybody knows, I want to tell you this, because I like to get the church politics out of the way, too. It didn't change this pulpit for any other reason, except we keep the other one over there, because this one's so heavy, only two men can lift it, seriously. So if I want to come prance around the floor, my lighter one's over here. So if you want, people will accuse you of things, so if you see, turn on the river today, and Rodney Howard Brown has the exact same pulpit, this was already here when we bought it. Oh, I see where that church is going. Watch Pastor Rodney preach today and watch me preach today and see if I'm imitating anybody. I gotta be me. I'm not gonna be anybody else. Why do you keep talking about that? Because somebody said it. It just drives me nuts. Well, I see where the church is going. Uh, Rodney R. Brown came and spoke. So anybody I come in, anybody. So when Jonathan comes in November, oh, I see where they're going. Watch the river, watch revival today, and watch Foundation Church and see how similar we are. None. It's just you finding an excuse to get out from under the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Because you're being pressured to move. You found your way out just like you've done over the last five decades and you've gone nowhere in Jesus' name. I'm offended. They said things I shouldn't say. Uh, the, the crappy work that I did, they said was crappy. It was crappy. <laughs> you stink. You don't do good work around here. We're not going to have you do it again. Well, I wanted to paint a mural in the sanctuary, you know. You stink. Your stick figures don't work in the sanctuary. You're like, Tom, you're me. No, listen. I don't do Do you think I administratively run this church? Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Me? Oh, there's Lenny Brown right there. If it wasn't for Lynn Brown, 
on my, what do we have, eight guys, eight people on the squad? If it wasn't for Lynn Brown, nothing would have got done on my squad at the sheriff's office. She had to come up to me every month. Don't forget. Don't forget it's this day. It's this person's birthday. And not only that, all the administrative functions at the SO that I never did. Don't forget the stats have to be in tonight. I don't run it, so I don't do it. You know why? I stink. I smell. Rank. Odor. So I don't do it. Heather and Hope do it. Aaron doesn't do it either. He stinks at it too. Aaron sings, I preach. That's what we do. That's what we do. So why are you offended? God's given you certain gifts. Administration's not mine. I don't try to do it. I get a little chippy about it. How is it that we have no money? We have lots of money. I'm just telling you. We keep spending it, but we have it. Because you know why we have money? Because of you. It's you. This is a great giving church. It comes, it comes from all over the globe, too. We have people sending us money from everywhere, all over the place. I remember somebody asking, um, who is it that pays for that podcast? From the church. I'm like, first of all, get surgery to remove your head out of your own caboose. Step one. Maybe you can do it yourself. Just reach back behind it. <laughs> because once again, you're concentrating on things that are antithetical to the Bible and antithetical to the Spirit. You're trying to find a way out. Your own carnality is trying to escape the Spirit by criticizing. It's nothing to criticize. Who cares who pays for it? Do you know how much money that, that podcast has brought in over a million dollars to this church? That's just, you, people think, that's just because, Tom, you love to do it. I don't love doing it every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Especially now, we got a sauna back there. You can't run the AC in the room. France, oh, I gotta give, we got to fix that thing. And the AC runs, the AC runs perfectly. It's just too loud. we got to figure out something. Me and you, figure out something. It's literally it's 100 degrees in there because we shut it off. So it's not, I mean, last night there's pools of sweat on, mixed with my saliva, on the desk. <laughs> and cough drop juice, all mixed together in one giant cauldron pool. It's delicious, it's delicious. I still haven't got to the message yet. It's 11-11. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two. You don't have to get all quiet now because I use the Bible. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He said a Bible verse. Everybody is so conditioned. Bible verse, silence! It doesn't say silence. I mean, I'm just reading you a Bible verse. You shouldn't even get silent when we talk about tribulation. You shouldn't get silent when we're talking about hell when you're not going there. Enjoy your life. Literally, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You, solemnness is not your strength. Sunken in cheeks is not your strength. 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, I don't feel joy. Joy is not a feeling, happiness is. Joy is what you put on. Joy is taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. I will not be in a mad mood today. I will not be melancholy today. I will not give in to my carnal thoughts and my OCD today. That's what you do. It's an act of the will. You want things to change? Take action. We'll get to that in just a minute. Hebrews 12, one and two. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, not some weights. There are things that are holding me back this morning. To make you feel better? There are things that are holding you back this morning. You're like, no, man, I'm just flourishing. The fruit doesn't say that, unless it does. If it just doesn't apply to you, then blow it off. But make sure that you examine yourself. Several scriptures tell us to examine ourselves. Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 tells us to examine, himself, to examine ourselves. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. That's the verse before it. Galatians 6, 3. Let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Galatians 6, 3 and 6, 4. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Sorry, Calvinists. That's what the Bible says. That's why you don't follow a man named John Calvin. You follow what the scripture says, which is the voice of the Holy Ghost. That's 2 Corinthians 13, 5. You will find nothing in this church that's not backed up by scripture. I won't preach it. Bible, Bible, and after that, a whole lot more Bible. Who cares about my opinions? Who cares about yours? I care about what Yahweh is spouting out. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all the church from the past, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is a competitive faith. This is a competitive faith. Get in there and grind it out and get shots on goal. This is not a sedentary faith. This is not a passive faith. This is a competitive faith. Anybody who's told you differently is a liar who's trying to placate you into attendance. We don't want you to be offended. We want you to just stay right where you are. I'm gonna kill you off as your pastor. I'm gonna kill off the power. I'm gonna kill off your joy. I'm gonna kill off that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp. I'm gonna kill all of that off. But you'll be nice and comfy. Many people straight to hell. We don't do that here. We preach what the gospel says. Let us run with endurance. The race, race is competitive. Well, I don't believe that. Okay, you don't just say it out loud. I don't believe the Bible. Please do yourself a favor if that's you. Say it out loud. Go ahead, you can do it right now. I will not have security usher you out. Put the Bible in the air and say, I don't believe it. Most Christians should do that. Not in this room. In the globalist church. And I'm talking about the evangelicals, not the Presbyterians. Tom, you say people's, I don't care what the Presbyterians think. Who cares? 
they're going to they're gonna think you're unloving. I don't care. They already think that. It's like me trying to convince a liberal journalist that I'm not a racist. No matter what I say, I'm a racist. I don't see color. Racist? How am I racist if I don't see color and you do? This is what I'm telling you is Christianity. Waiting for heaven because my life sucks is not. That's not Christianity. My life is terrible. I'm just waiting for heaven. There's people in this room who are living that way right now. There's some of you that are, your life is great because you're thoroughly distracted. You got the new boat, the new this. You're always generating something new because you're empty on the inside. But you are happy. There's people like that. And then there's people who are miserable. They're both wrong. What should be filling every void is an insatiable seeking after God first. That should fill every single void. Going after God. It's competitive. Go get it. Who's told you to live a placid faith? Who, who has told you that doesn't preach the Bible? It should be alive. You see, that's why the world can't stand the church. When football season starts, all these football fields will be filled with fervent followers. It's competitive. It's human nature. It's how God designed you. It's in his image. Do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous as a jealous God. Exodus 34, 14. You think he's placid? Do you think that the scripture says in vain that the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? James 4, 5. It's not competitive. It's why we give nothing to the world. We tell the world, you know what? Come in, sit here until you're dead. Until you're dead. Oh, what a great Christianity that is. Praise you, Lord. No, no wonder nobody worships. I look back at you guys. I judge your worship every Sunday. You've heard me say this 30 or 40 times in the past. I know I'm repeating myself. I do. I spin around. I check over here. Can't see you in the middle real well except for right here. I see you guys. And I look back and I, and I look at facial expressions. And we're seeing Waymaker and people's expression is, And I know who you are, and you're supposed to be saved. <laughs> Something's wrong. Don't judge me, Tom. A spiritual man makes judgments about all things. Your response to Waymaker should not be, the question shouldn't be looking at your expression, are you lobotomized or not? <laughs> Waymaker, miracle worker. Did that person receive a lobotomy? <laughs> Frontal lobe lobotomy? Oh, Tom, you know, it's not about emotions. Yes, it is. What do you mean by that? I'm not talking about making yourself feel anything. I'm talking about you controlling your thoughts. You're singing Waymaker. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You do it in the middle of the song. Get your hands up. I don't care if you're Baptist. Get your hands up. That's what the Bible says. Baptist, well, you need to stop calling yourself that anyway. I'm not anything. I'm Bible, period. Bible. Where do you stand, Bible? 
1 Corinthians 9, 24. Striving for a crown is the title of this section of scripture. Do you not know that, that those who run in a race all run, all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Yes. Sounds competitive. Doesn't sound like a dormant, placid faith, a passive faith. Listen, let me just tell you something about passivity. It's wrong. And borderline demonic. I'm so sick and tired. I pick on women all the time. Well, I pick on I'm pretty much an equal opportunity offender. I'm so sick and tired of placid, I mean, of passive men. Your wife is the everything in the house? Is you're too much of a coward to deal with your teenager? Whoa, whoa. Yeah, I just say it. I know. I appreciate the woes, by the way. I do. Thank you. I like some noise. Your wife, your wife does everything in the house. She, she is the enforcer. Did somebody, did somebody set you up with an appointment to get you clipped and you didn't even know it? Is that what happened? Your wife has to come in. The kids run all over you and then the wife comes in. Everybody's terrified. You, including you. Listen, I know that I'm speaking to men in here. I know you can beat me up. It doesn't make, doesn't make you any less of a coward. You're still, you can beat me up, but you're still scared of your wife. You can tell I'm not married to a shrinking violet, just marching, you know, invades the stage. I ain't scared of her. <laughs> ask her. I can't get to her before you can. Go ask her after church today. Ask her who runs the house. Ask my kids. See how quiet it gets? It's you know why? It's because you're not biblical. The man is the priest of his home. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave him so forth. The man's got the far harder job. You have to love a person like Jesus loved the church. All the wife's got to say is, okay. <laughs> and some of you women aren't easy to love that way. You're a snot. Knock that off too. Stop being a snot. I don't know when I'm going to preach this message. I never, I, I never get it, whether it's man or woman. I never will get a Christian being an unrepentant snot. Would glistening turd be better? How is it that you think you're Christ-like or that you're moving? People want to be preachers, and they're horrible to their spouses. Good luck. One who rules his own house well. Having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? First Timothy 3, 4, and 5. So you think, man, that when you treat your wife terribly, that God's going to swing wide open the doors? No. You can't even cross that bridge. Wait till you start dealing with church people who say that you're turning into Rodney R. Brown. 
who say, who say that I'm flashing Mason signals on TV. I don't even know what a Mason is. I don't even know what you're talking about. I was on the phone with Rodney Howard Brown yesterday, and he goes, I bet you didn't know that I hypnotize people. And we both started laughing because that's what he gets accused of on the internet. And now they accuse Adonica of the same thing, that he, they went to an Eastern mysticism person, a swami. It's on the internet. You can't treat your own spouse good and you think you're gonna be able to deal with persecution? Good luck, see with me and hope, it's us against the world. We're a team, we're not attacking each other. I don't treat her like garbage, she doesn't treat me like garbage. Oh, there, the pastor's acting like he's got a perfect wife. No, we fight, it's not very often. We don't, we're not like all the rest of, oh yeah, marriage is hard work. My, my marriage is not hard work at all. Seriously. That's why you marry the right person. That's why you pray over it. And God tells you yes or no. He will tell you. But they're too hot to pray over it. Well, now you blew it. You just strapped on a literal ball and chain for the rest of your life. Unless they get reformed by Jesus. You know what you ought to do too? Gosh, dog, man, I've got to preach messages. What? You know what you ought to do? <laughs> Those of you who are single in this place, what you need to do is you need to find trusted counselors. And I don't, I don't, again, not yes men who will do anything to please you. Not yes men. People who will actually tell you the truth. I will still, even though we're much larger now, I will still afford my services to you out there. Bring your prospective dating partner to me. <laughs> Male or female. Bring them to me and say, hey, Tom, you're my pastor. This is who I'm about to date. What do you think? I will be able to give you my opinion backed by the Holy Ghost in 30 seconds. Seriously. People have wanted to date my daughter. You gotta come to me. Eye to eye, person to person. You gotta come to me. And by the way, it's the same thing for my son. You gotta come to me. Bring him to me. You ought to have a, in the multitude of counselors, everybody says it, nobody knows where it is. It's in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But they've got to be the right people. Not vintage heritage grandma who has just nodded her head to everything your entire life just because she loves you. I love you, honey. You do whatever you want. Oh, good, I can date the reprobate. No. Real counsel. Tom, what do you think? Or a real Christian who will tell you the truth. Have those people in your life. I do. I have them in my life. If I even do an ounce of something stupid, I hear about it from somebody in my life. 
Women run my life. You're like, Tom, we thought you were a male chauvinist pig. No. I know that's the accusation. I have a lot of, whether it's Heather who runs, my, runs the church, runs my calendar, they're gifted in an area that I'm not. They will tell me if I'm off track. There's men too. There's Aaron. Aaron, you're like, Aaron's only 28 years old. Yeah, but he's actually smarter than me in some areas. And more mature. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's true. I have people in my life, they will tell me, you're off. Do you? If you don't, you need to find them. And please don't call the office looking for me to do it. <laughs> we have every Sunday here between 800 and 1,000 people. I cannot be your bud. I love you. I love you. I have people all the time. We just, we, you know, we're, we, came, you know, we came to the church. We just want to meet with the pastor. You know what? Come for a while, and then I'll meet with you. You come for one Sunday in September, two Sundays in January, and finally you put together a streak in June of 2022 of three straight Sundays, still not meeting with you. You're like, you're me. No, it's good for you. It's good for you. It's got nothing to do with me. It's good for you. Believe it or not, you know what my motivation is? Is to not enable people to stay the same. That's my motivation. It really is. All right, back to the message. Tom, I don't believe, you know, we're talking about one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Tom, I don't believe God has standards. You know what? Most Christians have been taught that. Just do the best you can. God loves you. God loves you is actually used to camouflage bad behavior. To justify bad behavior. It's used as camouflage for pastoral cowardice. Who won't tell people the truth. God loves you. You know, he knows you're trying. Tom, I don't believe God has, has standards. As long as you're trying. Remember, it's, it's a journey that we're all on. These are all lies. Everything happens for a reason, which is right next to it takes a village in the Hillary Clinton handbook. Can I just tell you that everything does not happen for a reason? Except for the reason being stupid. <laughs> he understands. No, he doesn't. You ever read the Bible, you think God's an understanding God? Really? Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Numbers chapter 12, six through eight. You think nothing matters and that God has no standards? Who is he speaking to, Aaron and Miriam? Miriam shortly thereafter became a leper until Moses begged God to heal her. Moses says, brother, who spoke against them. Why were they speaking against them? Because they were religious zealots and they weren't after the Holy Ghost and were so concerned about him marrying an Ethiopian woman. Does that sound like you, by the way? Oh, he's turning into Pastor Rodney. Hello, Miriam. 
You're like, Tom, you just, you just focus. No, I just use it as motivation. You think it's going to stop me today from relaxing? Nothing, nothing's going to stop that. <laughs> Nothing. My mouth will be wide open on the couch. This shirt will be off because Hope makes me take off all my shirts now because I've ruined them all. with various food items adhered to my shirt, mouth wide open. And I wake myself up snoring. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, what? That's how much church people bother me. They don't. Well, Tom, you learn in the losses. God doesn't have any standards. Where does it say that? You know, you know who says you learn from losing? Losers. Tom, you shouldn't call people losers. There are people who are losers. They are. They rejoice in it. They like the sympathy that comes from it. There's people who don't want to be healed. You, you, if you listen to some mainline prophets and pastors, big names like Rodney R. Brown, people like that Jonathan Shuttlesworth, they will tell you. Andrew Womack, they'll tell you. They've had people who God was, per, was right there ready to heal them and they'd rather have the sympathy. They'd rather have the government check. So people are. Not everybody, it's just how some people are. Do what's comfortable for you. Now, if you're a Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, shake off those chains and worship God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues and prophesy. Shake off your fetters. Do what's uncomfortable for you. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven are those that approach Jesus like a child. Is that, is that you? Do you approach him like a child? Look at me. Is that, is that you? Do you approach him like a child? Or are you a religious person? Well, you know, that, that's not for me. Really? Is the book of Acts chapter two not for you? When they were all accused of being drunk because they were so full of the Holy Ghost? I'm not really open to that. Really? Okay, get the Bible out. Put it in your right hand. We're not gonna put, we're not gonna swear anything. I just want you to go, I don't believe this. I believe in growing church my way. Then why have you never grown to church? Why, why are people writing books about growing churches that never grew churches? They have no idea. God has no standards, is that right? God has no right way or wrong way. Let's look at worship. Let's look at worship. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Let's look at that again. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So if there is acceptable, then what else is there? There you go. I like the noise. I like the noise. Respond. Don't give me your commentary on top of my message. That's for some of you in this room who are sitting here right now. It's not, really not for some of you. It's for one of you. I, I tried to be nice, but I'm not going to be nice. It's for one of you. I don't want your commentary on top of my message. Well, that's in Ohio too, Tom. I don't want your commentary. See how quiet it gets? Why are you worried? Why does that bother you? 
You're being mean. I'm not being mean. God is a God of order. People are here to hear me preach, not you. Some of you, looks on your faces, you're so worried about it. You're so worried about being nice that you enable bad behavior. Tell the person. I do. I have friends. Ronnie Howard Brown called me on the phone yesterday, just checking in on you. How you doing? I have friends. He knows how mean I am. In some ways, he's meaner. He's got lots of friends. And listen, there, of course, there's people who you correct. And by the way, is that what you're supposed to do? Preach the word. Be instant. In season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Most of those words are correction or hyper, hyper correction. You can't be afraid. You just say what's true. Otherwise, you are enabling people to behave Poorly. Stay with me. Yes, there's, come, there's things going on around. It's going to be all right. Listen, I'm the same way. You know, I, I sit here and I rip people from the pulpit sometimes. Like, you know, pay attention. But whenever I'm at another church and something else happened. <laughs> same way. Until I change, I shouldn't expect you to change. So if God calls some worship acceptable, then there's other worship that's unacceptable. If you've been saved for more than a couple weeks and you have no response in worship, well, that's not how I was raised. How was, was how you were raised the Bible? Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I'll praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Everybody always talks about a man after God's own heart. It's just Christian folklore for you. That's Psalm 63, 3 and 4, a Psalm of David. A man after God's own heart, 1 Samuel 13, 14. People talk it, then don't live it. If, you're, if you are enamored with the man after God's own heart, why don't you imitate him? Who danced before the Lord with all of his might while being marked, but while, while being mocked by his carnal wife. So there's acceptable and unacceptable to God. You want to talk about next level? Let's look at it. Ephesians, some of you are like, not really. I want to get the heck out of here. I see those expressions too. I see the new people in the room. Some are happy to be here. Some are like, if it wasn't really embarrassing, I would get up right now. I see you. I love you too. You should try this church for a month. Just stick it out. Try it. See what happens. I don't know how anybody goes back. I don't know. How do you go back to boredom after this? How do you go back to some swarmy, Ark Church pastor after Foundation Church. I could never go back. Aaron told me, Aaron decided to take a four-year vacation from church several years ago. You're like, Tom, is there anything off limits from the pulpit? No. And he's like, Foundation Church ruined me. He tried to go to other churches. He couldn't go to any other churches because he's actually guided by the Holy Ghost. As every time Aaron walked into the church, all the Holy Ghost would say is, this is where you belong. 
And by the way, for those of you that are spying on us today, you left the church. You're, it's gonna be the same, I'm looking at the cameras now. It's gonna be the same thing for you. You're just wasting your life all because you're afraid of conviction. You're afraid of change. You're afraid of somebody holding you accountable for your actions or lack thereof. Get in there and embrace it. I do. <clears throat> I'm all right with correction. I get corrected. Next level, Ephesians chapter five, verse 10. And find out what pleases the Lord. How do you find out? There's one, Bible, and how else? Ask him. He's real, he'll tell you. Ask him. Lord, what pleases you in my life, what doesn't? He'll tell you, he'll reveal it to you, he'll speak to you. He's real. God the Father is real. God the Son is real. God the Holy Ghost is real. They will talk to you. Believe me, they will. Next level, that's this message series. Matthew 18, four, I said this to you earlier. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The greatest. They're not worried about, well, what is my image? Listen, I'm a horrible dancer. I struggle with rhythm. I have to watch Aaron. There's times when Aaron and I are standing next to each other at the river. I'm like, am I clapping right? What's Aaron? What's Aaron doing? Okay. All right, I'm on. Aaron, what's that beat? Is that a two fours? Okay, that's a, whatever. I find, I just look, I, you know, I struggle, but nothing stops me. I'm up here and I got my thing. I don't care. You don't like it, you don't like it. I don't care what you think. You're like, but Tom, listen, I walk into a room and I know I've learned this. I thought that I was a normal sized person. Seriously. In my mind, I think of myself as normal size. When I'm standing next to you, I don't think of myself as bigger. Seriously. Now that I've seen myself on TV a bunch of times, with scale, if you're by yourself on the podcast, you can't tell. But when you're on TV with scale, it's just what I mean by on TV is if you're at the river, or you're at Jonathan's church or whatever, and you're on TV, you're on, online, whatever, on Facebook, you see yourself sitting next to somebody else. I'm like, who is that ginormous person? He's... he's <laughs> He's the size of two people. Man, look at the size of his head. Oh, that's me. And I know that sometimes, when, a lot of times I walk into the room and people are like scared. Man, he's intimidating. I have the retired cop beard. Every cop does this. Every cop does it because they shaved their entire life. They always wanted to look like the bikers they were arresting. <laughs> Plus it hides my double chin. <laughs> so I know that people, people are like, they'll talk, to, they'll, they go, what's so funny is, is that people go and talk to Hope to avoid me. She's worse. I mean, way worse. You're way better off talking to me. I'll, I'll smooth out. You're going to get the truth and you're going to get all Bible. But I'll start off with warming you up. Hope it's a sharp blade now. 
now. So I know that people get, they, they think of me somewhat as of intimidating. I know that's not for my closest friends in here. I'm just talking about for people who don't know me. Because, man, he's just so hardcore. No, but in the presence of the Lord, I'm a child. When I, was, when I went down to see Jonathan preach in Naples, if I can remember the name of the church, I would love to put it out there, but I can't remember. What is it? Faith Church Naples. Just want to give them props. Good church. And, hello. So when I was down there, Jonathan had obviously set things up for me because I told him I was coming. So Jonathan had the church ready for me. I walked. I went through the normal table, signed in, got my, they make everybody wear name tags. That's on them. But anyway, <laughs> you want to do that, do it. So you had to wear a name, and it wasn't just a name tag. You had to like, it's a stick, it's a pin, you know. So I went to the table, and I signed in, put my name on it. My name tag was like crooked the whole night, but it was, so I'm walking in. And then the church, church staff, oh, you're Pastor Tom, aren't you? Yeah, come on up here, sit up here. And I, I was sitting right next to Jonathan. So they were giving me like esteem, right? Giving me honor, that's great. I appreciate it. But see, when God comes in the room, I'm a child. I don't care about anything. I'm dancing before the Lord. I'm clapping. I'm shouting. Jonathan brought me up. He was praying for over people. And he just, I mean, have you ever been around Jonathan? Prophetic, man. I'm talking about spot on, specific, prophetic. He calls out the organ you need. Right now, he'll do it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Love that man and love his ministry. So anyway, he calls me up for prayer. And he was wearing, because Jonathan can get away with wearing anything, he's wearing a pink jacket. Yeah. If I looked like that, just, ar just arrest me, because I can't pull it off. I look like a giant pink elephant, tented for termites. So he, pulls, he brings me forward. Now, people in the church are like, that's, you know, that's, I'm not trying to blow this up. I'm just telling people in the church, that's an important man. That Pastor Jonathan made sure that he sat in this place and sat next to Jonathan and all those things. But when God's in the room, I don't care. There is no importance. There's no respect of persons with God. I'm like, you know what? So Jonathan brought me up to be prayed over. And all that I can remember is I walked up and I lifted up my hands. And Jonathan swung at me like, you know, something, said something. All I saw was that pink jacket for a second. And the next thing I knew, I was on the floor. He never touched me. I'm just telling you, the power of God is like a lightning strike. And credit to that church, too. It's the greatest slaying in the spirit ever, in some ways, in this way. It's like they caught you, you know? And then they did everything. They brought you all the way down to the floor. And even, even with your head. Fantastic job, Faith Church Naples. Seriously. But all that esteem, nothing. And he called me up again. And prophesied that our church will be thousands. And I got wiped out again and I hit a guy in the head on my way down. I don't care. Listen, I may appear one thing, but in the presence of God, I'm a child. I will dance for God. I will shout for God. I will raise my hands to God because I love him and that is what is acceptable in the eyes of God. Stop being a Baptist. Stop being a Calvinist. Stop being a Pentecostal. Just worship God acceptably. 
like a child. You're the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Do it. Cross the line today when we do close. Three hours from now, when we close. <laughs> be that way. Again, with worship. Is there a right way to worship? All right, I got four people responding. I'll try it again. Is there a right way to worship? Is there a wrong way to worship? Yes! Stop being a disciple of the YMCA with participation trophies. Nobody's a loser today. Bull crap. You lost. I was keeping score. I was keeping it. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about if that gum, if my son is on a t-ball team, I'm keeping score because I'm going to tell him whether he won or lost. Bunch of socialists are not going to raise my child. There are winners and there are losers. You win and you lose. Real life is coming. Not everybody gets the job. You have 40 people interviewing for a job. Right now, how many of you are trying to get a house? Yeah, people get them and people don't, right? How many times? Listen, four times. Four times I've tried to buy a house in Tennessee. No, I'm not moving away. That's just for me. And you're like, oh, please move away. <laughs> God, God won't let you out of this church, so you're hoping he'll take me out of the church. <laughs> I've tried four times to get houses. I think all the offers were full price or higher, right? Or all of them? Yeah. All of them were for one of them, 25,000 over ask. Two of them, 25,000 over ask. I lost all four. You know what I am? Loser. <laughs> I have a Charlotte County Sheriff's Office employee in here, sends me her pictures from Tennessee. I start drooling over them. My gosh, I told her, I wish I had what you have. I, sound, I mean, talk about pathetic. I sound like somebody who needs to be in psychological counseling. I, I wish I had what you have. But I do. She's a winner. I'm a loser. There's no way to, there's no way to become a winner unless you acknowledge that you've lost. If you consider losing winning, then you're right out of Isaiah chapter 5, 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. I'll just add my own verse, please. This is just a joke for everybody. Don't send me messages. Woe to those who call winning losing and losing winning. Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. You're supposed to win. You're supposed to win. If you're not winning, you should diagnose yourself, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Not, not whether or not you're saved. I'm talking about how you are situationally approaching things. Why are you perpetually losing? See how quiet it gets? You should rejoice in it. I'm setting you free. I admit it. You know how many times I've had to apologize to Aaron? You run my podcast, it can be a little fiery in there. I need the next slide now, but Tom, you're the one who's off. Oops, sorry. Every time it's me. Sorry, guys, that was me. After I yelled at them in front of thousands of people. Norma goes, true. 
Love you too, Aaron. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> Second Samuel chapter 6, 12 through 16. 11.52. Everybody doing good? Yeah. Anybody want a shorter service? I know you won't. You can tell me out there in private. <laughs> Pastor Rodney started at 9.30. It's 11.52, so they're two and a half hours in, and their service is usually going after we get out. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, well after. Let's see, four-hour service is what, 1.30? Yeah, so there we go. So I, I just want to put a little, you know, just a little perspective in there. How many of you were raised in Pentecostal churches? Anybody in here? I was, and I got saved when I was 18, but I spent a lot of time in Pentecostal churches. I mean, most of those churches, minimum two and a half hours. I mean, that's minimum, minimum. Why are you doing that, Tom, so you can preach longer? Yeah. <laughs> Just want to keep your interest. If you're like me and you got a lot of weight pressing down on your butt cheeks right now, I'm just being, I'm trying to help. What you do is you just got to do the butt shift the butt cheek shift. Push up. Some of you, you're light. Doesn't matter. You can sit on these chairs all day. But for me, eventually, my butt cheeks are actually hitting the wood because it's going, the amount of weight pressing down on that. You just got to press up, let it refluff, and scoot slightly to your left or right. You never know how I'm going to help you in these church services. Seriously, you, you never know. Right and wrong worship, 2 Samuel 6, 12 through 16. Now it was told to King David, we're talking about the ark being moved into Jerusalem. Now it was told King David, saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Oped-Edom and all that belongs to him, and be, because of the ark. They had had to store the ark into o, the house of Oped-Edom, and he was being mightily blessed. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Oped-Edom to the city of David with gladness. You should be happy. And so it was, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. See, a lot of people will happily quote these various, they'll, they'll happily quote 1 Samuel 13, 14, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. They love that verse. But what about this one? How about 2 Samuel 6, 14? Will you quote that one? Then David danced before, well, that's not for me. Why is that not for you? Why is that exactly? Why is that not for you? Do you realize that's why you don't operate in the power? Because you're not available to it. You're not available to the Holy Ghost because you're just, in, you're, you're in your head. You're in your own carnality instead of being in the Spirit. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a, a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw David leaping and whirling before God and she despised him in her heart. Then David returned to, 2 Samuel now, 6, 20 through 23. 
Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of maids and of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. Whoops! And you think I'm mean. You don't read the Bible. Read Jesus. You will think I'm a softie. You'll come up to me and say, Tom, you need to preach harder. Read the Bible. See, people think it's my shtick. It's not. I preach how God has called me to preach. It's not my creation. I'm compelled to preach the gospel. It's not my way to attract the crowd. My way of attracting a crowd kept a church of 150 people for 15 years. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Operate the way that he's called you to operate. Look at David. Speak to his carnal wife. You chose me instead of your father in all this house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore I, play, therefore I play music before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this. Christians quote this and they're never undignified. Because it's nothing more than a slogan. You know, do you know when I started, when this church began to grow? Is when I got out of my shackles. That's when it began to grow. And the same thing will happen with you and your ministry. And by the way, if you get out of your shackles, you'll grow my ministry and I'll grow yours. We belong to one another. Just as each of us is one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Where do you get that from, Tom? Romans chapter 12, verses four and five. And I will be even more undignified than this. So if, you were to, if, if you're reading this the way that I'm reading it, you can, you can cast off my, own, my opinions, of course. But it would seem that David was wearing clothing that while he was prancing about, things may have been seen. <laughs> I haven't studied the garments of Israel But David says, you know what? And by the way, I'm not endorsing that at Foundation Church. <laughs> Keep your clothes on. We have different clothes now that can cover all your body parts. Let's leave those on. You're like, Tom, why do you have to say things like that? You never pastored. That's why you don't know. That's why you don't know. That's not for 99.9% .9 of the people in this room. But there's always some wackadoo special that's in here. I close out the service today. They'll be running back and forth up here, pulling their clothes off until Travis tackles them to the ground. Which I'm glad, by the way, we've had two straight services without a wackadoo outbreak. Actually, I think this is number three. You talk about everything, Tom. Yeah, why not? You already know anyway. We had a wackadoo up here in the front row. 
she's removed. And there was another person who whack a dude when Pastor Rodney was here. He was removed. God is a God of order. I'm not afraid to talk about anything. It is what it is. You know, the thing about, the thing about churches is that people know that we're nice. They know we're nice. <laughs> you do that at a club on Siesta Key on a Saturday night, you get dragged out of the club and get the cursory beat down after that by the bouncers. They know that this is a church, so they feel like they can be freer. You know, well, you can, we're going to be nice to you, but you're certainly not staying in the building. Not going to happen. And I will be even more undignified than this, David says to his wife, and be humble in my own sight. How does it, now you're like, I don't like this attack of me, Tom. Well, I'm going to attack you. How does this fit with your worship today? Well, you know what? I'm in the back. You don't, listen, set the standard in the back. First of all, listen, there's plenty of seats in here. Get up here. Get up here. Get up in the front if it bothers you being in the back. How does this reflect? This, isn't, this is not a message of being up here while you're down here. A disconnected message. I'm applying it to you right now. If David, the man after God's own heart, everybody loves to quote that and then doesn't imitate him. Turning that verse, 1 Samuel 13, 14, into being Christian folklore. If you're going to quote the verse, then imitate the man who danced before the Lord with all of his might. How does it reflect your worship today? Why are you quiet? Why are you scared now? Don't be scared to do an honest assessment and say, you know what? Not good. That's what I do. Listen, I have lots of faults and failings. Honesty is not one of them. Self-assessment, an honest, transparent self-assessment is not one of them. I go to my family, I say I was wrong. I go to my family, I tell them that I sinned. I go to my family, I tell them that I, uh, that I apologize. I go to my God and ask for forgiveness for my sin. I'm not, I don't, I'm not gonna lack transparency. So ask yourself, how does that reflect my worship today? Some of you have gotten way too comfortable in a Pentecostal church not worshiping. Get those hands in the air. Get them up there. Pastor Rodney calls them lightning rods to the sky. Why don't you do that? When I close in a minute, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes. If I'm praying over people, you gonna walk out that back door while I'm praying? What kind of Christian are you? People's lives are at stake. Their homes are at stake. Their health is at stake, and you walk out the back door for what? For what? For what? Tell me. Be honest with yourself. For what? I'm not going to stop you from going. I'm just going to malign you for going right now. <laughs> you can be like Pastor Rodney. He actually will talk to them while they're doing it. Where are you going? That's why nobody leaves anymore. <laughs> and I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, 
the daughter of Saul had no children to the day of her death. Watch out for God. That's what I'm telling you. The world should not be looking at a compliant church. They should be looking at a church that's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart because we operate by faith and faith is the word. Amen. Hebrews 4.12, Romans 10.17. When we walk in, it shouldn't be, you know what? See, here's the thing. I'm gonna put this out to you. Man, this is, I didn't preach any of this message today. But I gotta tell you this. I said this on the podcast last night. I'm just going to say it to you again briefly. You see what a lot of people do in the modern church. And you've heard me say this many times, but I'm going to give it a little bit more detail today. People form their own version, self-created version of Jesus. Well, all worship is acceptable, okay? Tolerance, acceptance, accommodation. So they form anything that's not nice is bad. Anytime you are persecuted means you're wrong. Anytime that you offend any person, that means that you are wrong. That's their version of Jesus, right? So anybody who does those things, who doesn't accommodate, who brings any correction to their life. I saw this with a celebrity who claims Christianity. And she was being attacked, quote, by other Christians because she does underwear ads. Provocative, basically totally naked underwear ads as an evangelical born again believer. Okay, you can't. You can't be pro-choice and be a Christian. Period, you're gonna die and go straight to hell. You are, you are a murderer. You're dying and going to hell for it. You can't be somebody who's causing people to lust on purpose for money, that's called selfish ambition. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. See how the Bible's always present? You go to hell for that. Tom, this is not, this is not Christianity that I know. That's because you formed your own. And anything that, anything that violates your own virtue is unchristlike in your eyes. But it's not unchristlike, it's un-you-like. You accommodate truth avoidance so that people are not offended is part of your non-Christ-like virtue done in the name of Christ. For I will worship towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Psalm 138 too. Because anybody can form anything under the name. So they have their list of virtues. Correction is criticism, is an attack. It's violated what they consider to be Christ-like. But what they consider to be Christ-like is not the word. It's very similar about many politicians right now, what they call democracy. The people who are advocating for people to stop attacking our democracy, they're the ones who wanted a disinformation governance board they wanted mass censorship, slaughter the unborn, and they want you to show your papers for the vaccine mandates. They're the, that's their democracy. So if you attack their virtues, you're attacking democracy because they've renamed democracy. That's what Christians do too. With accommodation and tolerance, 
If you say anything to hey girl, you know what? You probably ought not to be doing photos bent over in your underwear. That's what's sent to you, and that's unchristlike because it violates what she considers to be Jesus because she's created her own. Do you see it? It's very subtle deception. And by the way, that is being propagated in many evangelical churches right now today at this very time because 12.08 on a Sunday, many, most churches are in session right now. It's being propagated right now by pastors who want to fill seats so they form their own non-offensive Jesus and anybody who violates his list of non-Christ-like, Christ-like virtues is unchristlike. If you're not accommodating, if you're not tolerant, if you're not nice at the expense of truth, then you're unchristlike. Just like you're attacking democracy if you're against the disinformation governance board. Do you see it? I hope that you do. I'll finish right here. The victimhood, woe is me Christian, is not acceptable worship. Oh, I just stand before you got all the Christian songs on 88.1. The beautiful, the mess we are. God hates your mess. He loves you. God is not rejoicing in your mess. God just... God just dances over my brokenness. No, he doesn't. <laughs> just go be a Democrat and call it a day. <laughs> Woe is me. And by the way, you don't think it's all one spirit? Anybody seen the uh, pro-choice marches right now? There's naked women everywhere twerking. Naked women. All for the name of aborting their fetuses. What's that got to do? Because it's all the same spirit. Sexual immorality. Transgenderism, pedophilia, pro-choice, same spirit, same devil, same demons. And then all of the church took their vaccine. That's the truth. Look at me. I know there's some pastors watching. That's you. Repent of your ways. You see it? Well, I'm against this. I'm against abortion. I'm against. Yeah, but then you took their vaccine. You're against all of these things. And the most precious thing in your life outside of Jesus is your own body. You took a metal rod full of their clot juice and jammed it in your veins from the abortionist. From the transgender activist, the homosexual activist, the climate hoaxer. The defund the policer, the gun grabber, the pro-choice twerker. They're all vaxxed. Yeah, that's a new one. That's all any of you are going to remember from this entire thing today. <laughs> pro-choice twerker. Worship team, make your way. See, eventually I do close. Every head bowed, every eye closed, right where you're at. Just stay seated. If you need Jesus today, I'm gonna pray for you. You're not gonna have to get out of your seat. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and pray a prayer. That's it, you're not gonna have to move. So I wanna put you at ease. Aaron, you can give me some background, make sure it's not Methodist from 1908 Methodist. <laughs> right where you're at, do you need him today? Christian, have you fallen away? 
Backslidden condition is a hellbound condition. I don't care what any pastor's told you, because that's what the Bible says. I could read you a hundred verses up here right now. Is that you, Christian? Have you fallen away? You know that it is. Your heart's pounding. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, so you can just relax. I'm going to ask you to be transparent before the Almighty God this afternoon. Maybe you've never been saved. Tom, what does saved mean? Forgiven. That's all. You never have to attend this church. This is not a, this is not a call to membership. This is a call to salvation. Call to recommitment, whatever is applicable to you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, everybody in the room, every head bowed, every eye closed. Don't be the jerk that looks around during this time. Don't be that person. If that's you and you need his forgiveness, right where you are at, slip your hand up. Right where you're at, right now. All over this room, tons of people. Gotcha, you can put them down. See, I told you, I wouldn't do a thing to you. Just wanted you to acknowledge where you're at before God. Those of you who lifted up your hands, we're gonna pray this prayer with you, the entire church. Everybody's gonna pray it with you, but you pray it directly to God and your sins, they're gone. You are what is called in John chapter three, verse three, born again. That's you. Jesus answered them and said unto them, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. For the backslidden Christian, if we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. You pray this prayer and you are recommitted to God. You pray this prayer and you are born again. Everybody pray this out loud with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them and I give you my life. From this day on, in Jesus' mighty name, church shouts. God's good, isn't he? He's good. Listen, if you got saved or recommitted this, this afternoon, plug in. There's Bible hubs, they're what we call they're Bible studies, they're big, they're here all week. Plug in. Right here, see where Jeff Tomas, Jeff, wave at everybody. Jeff, Tomas, wave at everybody. There you go. This is way, this is what wave means. He's, Jeff's like this. I'm like, wave at everybody, this is his response. Wave at everybody. Not smile at everybody, wave. You burn calories, you're losing all kinds of weight. It's more calories gone. Right back there where Jeff is, there's food for free. I, I, I can't find friends in the church. They're right back there. Go back there. How can somebody as mean as you have, have friends, Tom? I go spend time with people. Stop staring at screens and actually go have a conversation with a living human soul, amen? Stand with me. All of you were afraid I was gonna bring people forward. You never know when I am. I go by the leading of the Holy Ghost. Every hand in the air, let's pray over this week. Look me in the eye, everybody, look me in the eye. Do you want this to be a revolutionary week? Then pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, open every, don't, don't quote me, just pray with me. Holy Spirit, open every door that you want open. 
Holy Spirit, close every door that you want closed. I walk by faith. Lord, I pray in faith. I stand in faith. Holy Spirit, dominate my life and lead me this week. And I prophesy that this will be the greatest week of my life. In Jesus' mighty name and the church shouts. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.